I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. I am so excited to share this conversation I had with Mallory, aka The Formula Mom on Instagram, all about what you need to know about formula before baby arrives. We had this conversation on Instagram Live, and I just had to bring it over to the podcast because it was such a huge hit with both her audience and mine. If you are a member of Sterling Parents, that's the membership that supports you through pregnancy and beyond with trusted answers and expert advice, as well as direct access to me, make sure to listen to this on the Sterling Parents private podcast, because I have a bonus segment at the end where I talk about how I have used formula personally and my two favorite formulas, why I like them and how they're different from each other. Well, thank you so much for for coming on here. Thank you for having me. Really excited to talk with you. We are going to be talking about what to know about formula before baby arrives, which I think is something that we just it is a subject that is just left completely off the preparation list. Yeah, and that's and a shame. It's it's really we're going to talk about why that's that's not a good idea. But before we dive in, I would would you mind just introducing yourself and sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me and doing my little intro. So I'm Mallory. I'm the founder of the Formula Mom, certified infant feeding technician and a formula feeding mom of two myself. And so I run my platform as a means to just provide education and support and high quality information about formula and formula feeding for parents who want or need or choose to do so. Yes, I love it. I love it. And for those of you who are joining from um, Mallory's audience, I'm Dr. Christine Sterling. I am a board certified OBGYN. I am a mom of two. I'm pregnant with number three. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I have also formula fed both of my kids. We did, they've they've gotten both and Mm -hmm. we've had We've had an interesting journey there. So let's, um, let's dive into the topic, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of big picture. Mm -hmm. What do you want people who are pregnant? What do you want them to know about Mm -hmm. formula? Oh my gosh. So many things I would say, um, I have sort of a logistical answer and then more of an interpersonal answer. So the logistical answer is what I want people to know is that formula is safe. It is functional it is nutrient dense, it is a healthy option for feeding a baby and would encourage folks to spend some time doing some research and looking at what formula is, what it isn't, why certain ingredients are in formula, things like that, to help break down some of the misconceptions that exist around um, formula and its appropriateness for infants. So that's more of like the the functional stuff. Um, And then on the more interpersonal side, I would say I encourage parents to just like write their plans in pencil. Okay. It is great to have 
uh, to have goals, to have a feeding plan, whatever, but also recognize that there is an important variable in the equation, which is your baby, and that um, <laughs> it's impossible to know while you're still expecting yep. what things on the other side, once your baby's earth side, are really going to look like. So be prepared for any and all options, and it's better to have formula feeding information and not need it than yes. to need it and not have it when you're sleep deprived and hormonal and exhausted and overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that... I think that it's almost like because the narrative about breastfeeding and formula is that they're, that they're opposed, mm -hmm. that they're on opposite sides, which is, right. that is a narrative, that is a message, mm -hmm. but they are not actually two, you know, two sides fighting each other. Mm -hmm. They are both tools to feed our children, both Absolutely. with the goal of, yes. of helping our, mm -hmm. our children develop and grow. So yeah. Absolutely. it is curious what your experience is, but Oftentimes, because we don't learn about formula when we're pregnant, people are put in the position where they have to figure it out mm -hmm. postpartum. It's a, you know, you are sleep deprived mm -hmm. and you oftentimes the decision to start formula can be very emotional. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of emotions and what people, you know, what I've, I've heard from friends and I've heard from followers that they're like, you know, it's late at night and they, mm -hmm. they suddenly need formula and they are at the target aisle. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like which one yeah. do I choose? Mm -hmm. So talk to me about, do you want people to learn mm -hmm. about formula um, before they're standing in, in the mm -hmm. aisle trying to make a decision? Yeah, absolutely. And first I will say that that was 100% my experience. You yeah. know, my baby, my first baby, who's five now, which blows my mind. She was two weeks old. She was losing weight. The pumping was not working. It was 9 p.m. We were standing yeah. in the formula aisle. I was weeping because I was, I didn't expect to be there, or at least especially not that soon. And it is completely overwhelming how yeah. to navigate through all of the brands, all of the marketing. Of course, you want something closest to breast milk or supports immunity or gentle for sensitive tummies or whatever <laughs> else. It's really hard yes. to sort of cut through the noise, um, especially when it's you're in like crisis mode because your baby yeah. needs to be fed. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to validate that that is a, a real experience that people have uh, yeah. that I had. So how do you avoid that? I think there are a couple of things to know off the top of sort of from the start, yeah. which is that the majority of babies are going to do well with just a standard milk-based formula, yeah. something that uses milk protein, something that has lactose for the carb source, something that's not necessarily um, broken down or gentle or hydrolyzed, just a standard right. formula. And so if you're just getting started, you can ignore for for the time being, all of those gentle and sensitive and whatever stuff, because all formulas are made to be appropriate for babies. Yes, um, they have very strict, very, very strict regulations, y'all. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The most highly regulated product you can buy. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So start with a standard formula. After that, I think it's important folks to know that the FDA requires that all formulas provide the same general nutrition profile. Yes. So you're going to get the same amount of protein, the same amount of carbs, the same amount of fats, the same amount of vitamin B and D and calcium and iron, whatever, no matter what formula you pick. Yeah. So in that sense, you can't make a wrong or a bad choice. Yes. Any formula that you buy in the U.S. market from your store or from Amazon or whatever else is going to meet those nutrition requirements that the FDA has put forth. So yeah. you're, there's not a better or worse formula in that sense. Then yeah. it really comes down to, you know, what ingredients 
do you feel good about that provide those nutrients? Yeah. So, you know, you can get protein from salmon or you can get protein from lentils. They both provide protein, but from different right. sources. And that's really where we see a big difference between formulas is where are they pulling those nutrients from? Okay. So it's always a good idea if you're thinking about formula or you want to learn more about formula to just spend some time looking at labels and looking at different ingredients and sort of doing an assessment of your own priorities and goals and desires about what's important to you. Do you, are you plant-based? You know, is yeah. that important? Do you want something yeah. that's organic? Do you want something that avoids palm oil or corn syrup or whatever else? So yeah, that was a lot. That was way more than you asked. No, but, but that's perfect. I mean, that's perfect. <laughs> that's really, that's the thing is, is that mm-hmm. really um, it's very difficult that because it's in for it's it's really it's decision overwhelm right because yes. there's so many mm-hmm. choices and um there's you know one will have oh i like this i like that this one's organic mm-hmm. or you know the the thing that that i have looked for in formulas is oh this one has human milk oligosaccharide and mm-hmm. because my family mm-hmm. has my family and my husband's family both mm-hmm. really um strong history of eczema and pretty severe eczema Mm -hmm. for us that human milk oligosaccharide is something Mm -hmm. that was important but I was like oh but the ones that have Mm -hmm. human milk oligosaccharide like they don't Mm -hmm. they're not organic and so then I I had to Mm -hmm. make you know that decision okay what's more important to me Mm -hmm. and it's just there is um you know and I think you've really alluded to this Mm -hmm. there's not one formula that's like the best there isn't there just isn't there isn't and that's what people ask me all the time in my comments in my dms and my emails tell me the best formula and there's not one for two reasons yeah. number one every baby's different every family's different what's important yeah. to you or what your baby needs is going to be different than what is important to someone else or what their baby needs and then also number two um there's just there's always sort of a push and pull between ingredients yeah. and cost and um and what that works so there's not there's not a perfect formula. There's lots and lots of excellent formulas, but there's not a perfect formula and that's okay because it gives us wiggle room to make choices based on what we need or want. Yeah, and would you say that formulas are more similar than they are different? That is a great question. Nobody has ever asked me that. I'm actually going to say no. And, you know, sometimes folks will reach out and they'll be like, well, my pediatrician said just like pick whatever, they're all the same. And like yeah, we talked yeah. about, they all offer the same nutrition. So in that yes. sense, they are the same. You know, yeah. you're going to get all of those macro and micronutrients no matter what you pick. But they're pretty different. They can be really okay. different in terms of ingredients. Um, and those ingredients matter, right? Like if you have yeah. something with more whey protein, you're less likely to have a constipated baby. Or if you have yeah. something, you know, with more starch that might sit heavier in the stomach, it might help with reflux, things like that. Yeah. And so there's really a lot of flexibility within the formula market to find yeah. one that really um, aligns with your needs. But I also recognize that that contributes to the overwhelm, right? But it's, <laughs> yes. it's, hard, it's hard to know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that really what the, I think of an important mindset going into the formula choice, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree, is that I'm, I'm not going to find an option where like, I'm like, this is the everything mm-hmm. formula that hits all the buttons. You are likely going to be saying, you know what? this actually sounds really good. I like that this one has mm-hmm. this, but it doesn't have this other, there's this other element of it that's mm-hmm. not quite aligned. And you're, you know, it's, you're going to have to, you know, make mm-hmm. a, make a choice there. And these choices are better made 
um, when you're not emotional and sleep deprived mm -hmm. and really overwhelmed. I always tell people, and I don't know, I'm interested how you feel about this. Mm -hmm. I think in general, um, unless there's a really compelling reason not to, I think it's a good idea to have some formula picked out Absolutely. at least mm -hmm. even if you don't have it physically in your house just like mm -hmm. have picked the formula that you will use before yep. baby comes I always have formula in the house mm -hmm. because it's just like I don't want to be I don't want someone mm -hmm. rushing out last minute mm -hmm. if I don't need to use it formulas have expiration dates as I know mm -hmm. you talk about that a lot formulas have expiration dates if you're getting close to the closer to the expiration date, and you don't think you're going to use it, great, donate mm -hmm. it. Like, yep. there's so many places to donate that formula. So mm -hmm. what do you think about having formula yes. on hand? Absolutely. So I always liken it to, to like abstinence only education versus sex education, where that's such a good, that's such a good, yeah. yeah, like there's this perspective somehow that people think, well, if I, if I have it on hand, then I'm going to be tempted to use yeah. it. When in reality, we know, you know, just like with contraception, people do it whether they have it or not, you know? And so um, I think it's sort of a, a fallacy to think that if you have it, that means that you're not going to be strong in your convictions or whatever else. So yeah. I definitely encourage folks, it's better to have it and not use it. You can donate it. Even if, you know, you can sign up and get samples. They'll send you some for free. True. Um, things True. like that. Because um, you don't want to wait until it's a crisis to be trying to figure it all out. You know, keep it. If you don't want to see it, keep it in your cupboard. Keep it at your sister's house, you know, totally. if, if you're worried about it. But um, I think absolutely doing some research up front is going to make you more prepared. It's going to help you feel better if you find yourself in a position of needing to use formula or wanting to use formula. And if you end up not using it, I think it gives you a better perspective for when you're interacting with your friends or family members that may be using formula because you know oh, statistically really? there are many many people you know are using formula so that's uh, i mean the majority like, the majority of people are going to use it at some point you know yeah 75 percent by six months have used yeah. are using formula in some capacity Okay, let's pause here because I want to share a free resource with you. Many of us enter our reproductive journeys already pretty stressed and busy. And then you add pregnancy or trying to conceive to the mix and life gets even more overwhelming. Now is the time to make stress reduction a priority. Not only does reducing stress before or during pregnancy decrease your chances of many pregnancy complications, it also may improve long-term health outcomes for your baby. Take a step today and head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy easier and healthier. You and your baby won't regret it. Again, head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for this free prenatal class. All right, lovelies, let's dive back into the episode. Yeah. And you know, the, the formula you choose when you have a newborn may be different than the formula mm -hmm. that you choose when you have an, an, an uh, older, mm -hmm. an older baby, but just getting used to the formula landscape and what the different mm -hmm. options are, since most of us are going to end up using it at some mm -hmm. point, learning about it in pregnancy is just, I don't think that um, knowing nothing about formula mm -hmm. helps people breastfeed. It, it, no. I, I just don't, that, that's the argument, right? The, the argument mm -hmm. why organizations, for example, I'm a Kaiser patient, right? Yeah. And Kaiser does a lot of education mm -hmm. about breastfeeding in pregnancy. 
my problem with that is that like let's also educate people about formula because it is also a viable feeding choice it's also mm -hmm. important for people to think about this and, and to know about formula so that they can make informed choices mm -hmm. about feeding their children learning about formula doesn't make it that you mm -hmm. can't pair your ability to breastfeed it just doesn't even right. make sense yeah i i absolutely agree i think there doesn't and it goes back to your your original point where it's, sometimes it feels like there's this either or there's this competition you have to choose one or the other and certainly i would never advocate for formula education over breastfeeding education i i'm with right. you i don't understand why there can't be both the thing that also sort of drives me nuts about this is that it also just comes down to a safety issue you know yeah. if we're discharging oh folks who don't know how to prepare a bottle safely who don't know food safety rules for formula who aren't aware about you know bacterial contamination and how to avoid it and they don't know where to find that information because we prevented them from having that information um, that's a good point that doesn't serve anybody and it certainly doesn't help babies I mean, that's such a good point. And it's also, you know, you see people and I know you post about this frequently. Mm -hmm. Y'all, if you don't already follow uh, Mallory at the formula mom and you're pregnant, seriously, this is she she provides such good education. I know you have a website and you have you mm -hmm. have a lot of resources. So if people yeah. are wondering, like, where do I learn more about formula? This is this is why yeah. you're here. Like you learn, I'm here. You learn from Mallory. Because <laughs> yeah. truthfully, I think that you, you you are one of the few sources that does a really great job of educating people mm -hmm. about formula options, about, you know, safety, you know, safety too with formula. And I agree with you. Unfortunately, people are so afraid of formula that they're trying to to make their own. That is not a good idea. Explain no. why it's not a good idea to yes. try to make your own mm -hmm. formula. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you're right. I think that um, some of the desire that people find may find to make their own formula comes from misinformation about the safety of conventional formula. Yes. If that um, that formula is poison or that, you know, corn syrup and formula or vegetable oil and formula is bad for babies and that they can make, make their own that, you know, might be, you know, quote unquote healthier. The problem is that formula is really complex. And the reason why formula is really complex is because breast milk is really complex. Um, it has a really unique set of nutrients, a really unique composition that is tailored to the changing and evolving needs of infants. Yeah. And, um, it's really difficult to recreate that. That's why there is so much research and development in the formula world. It's really difficult to get it right. Um, and so making sure that you have all of those macronutrients, micronutrients, essential fatty acids, prebiotics, probiotics. You have to be a scientist. You would have to be a that scientist. That is specifically an expert in yes. this type of science. Yes. And that's why, that is why we have scientists who do this. Yes. Um, and then, you know, obviously on top of that, you also just have the issue about, you know, contamination in your preparation, you oh. know, and um, there are reports every single year of babies being hospitalized. Yeah of failure to thrive, nutrient deficiencies, um, overdoses on certain nutrients that, you know, are healthy in the right quantity, but are harmful, you know, for the kidneys in the wrong quantity, things like that. And it's just really risky. So, um, you know, trust, trust the experts here that yeah. they truly um, are putting together a product that is really high quality, really safe and really tailored to the needs of infants. And it's really difficult to do that at home.
Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we, we touched on that because mm -hmm. I think that's one of the, the most important safety issues. Yeah. The other question I got from my audience when I, mm -hmm. when I told them that I was popping on with you was, is there such thing as like bad formula on the market? Are there formulas where you're like, oh, this is just, you know, what they're concerned about is like, oh, are the less expensive ones or those bad formulas and they're, they're mm -hmm. not good for your baby and the more expensive ones are they, is that the preferred options? Mm -hmm. No, there is not a bad formula in the sense that every formula provides the nutrients that a baby needs to grow and thrive. And I think a lot of parents don't realize that before a new formula is released, the company has to do clinical trials to show that the formula will provide the appropriate nutrients and that the baby will grow and thrive on the formula. And they have to meet a ton of metrics to show that yes. that is the case. So there's not a bad formula in that sense. There are bad formulas for specific babies, right? Like right. if your baby has a milk protein allergy, all those cow milk based formulas are bad formulas for you. Yes. Um, there are some ingredients that some parents might prefer to avoid for whatever reason, you know, sometimes right. things like palm oil can increase constipation or, you know, sometimes folks are wary about corn syrup. It has a higher glycemic index value than lactose. And we know right. babies, the majority of babies are able to tolerate lactose because that's in, um, in breast milk in large quantities. Right. So there are certain ingredients that some folks might choose to avoid, but by and large, there's not, a bad formula in the sense of a formula that has subpar ingredients or cool. subpar nutrition. Okay. All right. That's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. Um, so the other thing that I want to, to switch gears to mm -hmm. is talking about, I believe, and, and I think I can tell from your, your platform that you believe the mm -hmm. same, that educating people about formula can actually help decrease mm -hmm. a lot of the shame that's associated with mm -hmm formula feeding because there's all of these messages out there about for you know formulas poison for your baby i know that i've heard from members of my community in which you know unfortunately some members of their care team have said awful things mm -hmm. like it's like feeding your baby glass i mean mm -hmm. really really difficult yeah. <laughs> messages to receive yeah. so talk to me about what you want a parent to know about formula that you think can help them not feel shame around formula feeding? Mm -hmm. There is so much uh, because you're right. The sort of messages that some people hear, um, especially from trusted medical providers is really shocking and disheartening. Um, I have to believe it comes from a place of trying to promote breastfeeding and that, that, I don't know. I try to yeah. present positive intent, but it is hard when you yeah. know some things that I hear people have said. Um, so I think a big thing that we miss in this conversation is I think we over ascribe certain health outcomes, certain measures of success to how we're feeding our baby. You know, yeah. it's easy to fall into the trap of feeling like your baby's IQ and your baby's weight and your baby's um, academic achievement and your baby's, you know, health that they're not going to get infections or whatever. Like that's all based on how you feed your baby. Yeah. And certainly there are some data points here and there, but sometimes I think we look to how we're feeding our baby for that sort of information or that sort of assurance that we're going to, that they're going to turn out well at the expense of doing all the other things that the research much more clearly and much more strongly yeah. leads us to believe are actually important for our children's outcomes. Oh, so it's, we're so myopic. Yes. We, we, yes. we, we look at this one data point, the, mm -hmm. the, the feeding, and we forget like 
uh, there's outcomes. There's everything else. There's everything else. Yeah. And so I, that's a long winded way of saying, you know, what I would tell to parents is don't put so much pressure on yourself about how you're feeding your baby that you're ignoring these other factors that matter so much more for your baby's development. And that's yeah. like, you know, being a, an emotionally healthy parent who can interact and be responsive to your baby. That's things like singing and reading, providing adequate health care and, um, you know, everybody getting good sleep and things like that, which, yes. you know, sometimes feels a little, um, a little silly, but those things are so much more important for a baby's outcomes. And yeah. sometimes we throw those things out the window, sort of at the altar of breast milk. Totally. And, um, you know, if you find yourself losing the ability to be like an emotionally engaged caregiver because of the way you're feeding, you got to do something else because yeah. you know, it's going to cost your baby a lot. And we yeah, don't want that. I mean, we don't want the that. That's the thing is the data is pretty clear that for example, like a, a caretaker who is, you know, has active depression and that depression is at the point where it's, it's limiting their ability to engage with, with their mm -hmm. infant. We have good data that shows that mm -hmm. there's, there can be cognitive delays associated with that. And the data on uh, breast milk and IQ is incredibly weak, yep. incredibly weak. I mean, I, to me, when you look at the fact that those studies, and I know you know this, mm -hmm. like the studies that looked at IQ and breast milk, that they didn't control for the fact that people who were yep. college educated were more likely mm -hmm. to be breastfeeding. I mean, yep. it's a wash. Like that, that mm -hmm. data means nothing to me because we know that parents who are college educated, their children are more likely to have higher IQs just based on, you know, I genetics and it's nurture and nature, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's the thing is, is that we get so focus on this one element of our children's well-being and we forget the the entire picture and that's why breast milk it's not more important than mom dad caregivers mental health it yep. is it's not the most important factor mm -hmm. in your child's development but we yep. make it seem that way make it seem that way we absolutely do yeah. And that's harmful. That's harmful to families. And that is not to say, of course, that is not to say that there are not benefits to yeah. breast milk or that there aren't, you know, benefits to nursing. If that's something that you enjoy and that works for you, of course, you know, keep at it. But I think sometimes we just, we lose sight of the bigger picture when we assume that this one decision that we make is going to be sort of the linchpin of our child's yeah. health and success. I just, I just don't believe that the pressure that's placed on pressure that's placed on an individual to breastfeed is that that's necessary, that's beneficial to a family and to, and to babies. I think that we can put pressure on our system, right? On employers, uh, on, you know, society in general mm -hmm. to support breastfeeding, but mm -hmm. that, that pressure on the individual that like, shame on you if you don't breastfeed, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. That just, it doesn't actually help anybody. I don't see any benefit to it. It really doesn't. I'm with you 100,000% where there are absolutely, there is room for breastfeeding advocacy and to try to increase breastfeeding rates. Um, but that's at, you know, a much higher sort of macro level. Yes, exactly. Let's put pressure on the systems. Let's put yeah. pressure on employers and legislation and all of that. And let's keep the pressure off the individual and provide, you know, you're, you're, you're feeding your baby, you're mm -hmm. feeding your baby. And I think that the other thing that I don't know about your personal experience, but when I was pregnant before I'd ever breastfed, I assumed 
that I would love breastfeeding mm -hmm. and that it would be a really beautiful relationship between me and my child. Yeah. And because I did with my first, I had a condition called Raynaud's where the mm -hmm. blood supply to my nipple would actually get cut off when, when she was directly, yep. it was awful. That's it was so, so breastfeeding was excruciatingly painful with my first. And that was, there's a, there was a lot of factors into that. Mm -hmm. And so no breastfeeding was not a positive or bonding experience. I oftentimes cried through it. Mm -hmm. And you also, in addition to not knowing what child you're going to have, I don't think you, you really know what your relationship is going to be with, mm -hmm. with breastfeeding and with becoming a food source. Mm -hmm. And it can also change between children. Like mm -hmm. you can have like feeding Oliver, my son Oliver was not bad. It was, it was an enjoyable experience. So I'm, I'm curious, we talk so much about breastfeeding being this beautiful experience, but I would assume that you've also had a really beautiful experience feeding your children formula. Absolutely. Um, for me, my feeding experience dramatically improved when I switched to formula. Um, with my second, we started with formula because I, I knew that that was the direction that we wanted to go. Yeah. And um, I think for me, what I have really valued about formula is that, you know, I can look in my baby's eyes while I'm feeding them. Like we can still have that closeness, you know, I'm holding them right here. And, you know, they're still smelling me and feeling my warmth and, you know, being right here helps regulate their body temperature. So much of that that we ascribe to, you know, as benefits to breastfeeding are, is also true for bottle feeding. You know, yeah. it's, it's just true of feeding in general. Yeah. And then as well, um, you know, formula feeding for me allowed me to take care of myself in such a way that I could enjoy my kids. And I know that that's not everybody's experience, but, you know, quickly after my first, whenever she would cry, instead of feeling, you know, concerned or, you know, a desire to help, I felt like dread and resentment. Yeah. And like, that feels terrible, right? Like yeah. even now. Because you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm going to have to breastfeed. Yes. And this is going to yes. suck. Yeah, or for exactly. people who yeah. have dysphoric milk ejection reflux, mm -hmm. right? My gosh. So people get feelings of like, impending doom yeah. like mm -hmm. awful feelings and anxiety mm -hmm. when they when they have let down yeah like that's horrible yeah it's horrible so, yeah. for some of us um you know switching to formula allows us to have those you know those positive feelings towards your baby towards feeding time you know all of that good oxytocin and serotonin and everything else that's you know that's supposed to come with breastfeeding uh, for some of us does not yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um you know and bottle feeding is a way to to sort of right the ship in yeah. A sense. yeah oh this well this has been so wonderful and I, I would love for you to share with people where they can learn more about formula, what your offerings are, what they can, you know, what you've mm -hmm. got to help people navigate this world mm -hmm. of formula. Because as we said, it is really overwhelming. Y'all, yes. it's overwhelming for me and mm -hmm. my husband. We're both physicians and yeah. <laughs> navigating formula was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I feel so, I'm so grateful that you exist and that there is, you. you can share your expertise mm -hmm. with us. So share yeah. where we can learn more about formula. <laughs> So I'm here on Instagram and TikTok at the Formula Mom. And then my website is theformulamom.com. 
One of my favorite resources that I tell people to start with is I have a free formula guide and it's basically a curated list of my favorite formulas based around different needs. So great formulas for brand new babies, great formulas for babies who need something gentle or sensitive, whatever else. Um, so that's at the link in my bio on Instagram or on my website. It's free to download. And then if you decide that you want a formula feed and you need some additional information, I've got a formula 101 handbook, which covers all that information about safety and prep and all of that. What water yeah. do you and how to clean your bottles, all of that good stuff. And then I also have a formula finder tool. So if okay. you're looking for a, a formula to start with and you want it to be specific to what you're interested in, what your baby needs, that's a great tool for you too. And all that's at the link in my bio. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much thank you um, for, for, for sharing your expertise here. I think that this is, a, I think that every pregnant person should watch this, understand mm -hmm. A formula before going into the fourth trimester in those mm -hmm. difficult days. Maybe you won't need the knowledge, but a lot of times it's really helpful. Yes. Better to have it and not need it for sure. Exactly. Well, thank you so exactly. much. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Wonderful. Thanks everybody for tuning Hi. in. Have a Hi. good day. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and learned some valuable information about formula. In next week's episode, I am sharing a class from Sabrina Barber. She's the resident lactation consultant inside Sterling Parents. This class is all about preparing to breastfeed and more specifically preparing your village to support your support system to support you in breastfeeding. So often the pressure is put on the breastfeeding person and her tips for including partners and other support people in the feeding journey are incredible. We have had such wonderful feedback from our Sterling Parents members about this class, so I wanted to share it with you lovelies as well. I'm excited to introduce Sabrina to you. As I mentioned, she's the resident lactation consultant inside Sterling Parents. She's preparing our members for their feeding journeys during their pregnancies and then supporting them during their feeding journeys after birth. She has experienced breastfeeding difficulties herself. She's used formula herself and her approach is so special and so unique. I'm excited to introduce her to you and share her wisdom with you. So make sure to catch next week's episode all about preparing caregivers to support your breastfeeding journey. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you are looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to sterlingparents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to sterlingparents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.